Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 the Seattle Sports app. That's Joey Pyburn, Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics joining us. Matt Nelson running the board back there. And on the phone, log on to livinglifeadventures.com. That is the website of our next guest, none other than Brianna Bruce, who finds herself in what I would call home water for me, and that would be the Skagit River. I uh, got a lot of wonderful memories, and you're making some new memories with a, with a boatload of lucky ladies this morning. Bri, what's going on? Hey, it's... You know, boatload of ladies, boatload of fish. There's stuff everywhere. It's <laughs> fantastic, beautiful morning. It's great. So, so what's going on up there? I, I mean, what I heard the last couple of days was that thing is just loaded with pinks. Um, how are you guys fishing for them this morning? We are twitching jigs, just the regular humpy jigs, and uh, tipping them with some sand shrimp. It's working out really good. Um, we've been fishing Dick Knights for them, too. And doing really good on Dick Knights. Nice. Yeah, and um, we've already seen a few picks from you ladies this morning. And uh, you got a, a special bait delivery from my wife this morning. <laughs> and uh, and then she yeah. jumped on the boat with you. So she's out there fishing with you this morning. She's out here fishing. She's got a couple in the boat and some big, bright, gorgeous fish. We're being pretty picky this morning. There's plenty of fish around. They're rolling all over the place. I think you could pull up just about anywhere and catch a fish right now. There's a ton in the river, and we've got some really bright, nice fish. I think that rain last week brought some really fresh fish in, and it's just every day has been getting better and better. Yeah, it's so cool. That's uh, are, are there a bunch of boats out on the water? Are there bank anglers around you guys right now? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm up just below Gilligan Creek a little ways, and which is the um, as far up as you can fish for the pinks until September, uh, then it opens above. And I've got a couple boats here around us. We passed a bunch of bank anglers on the way up. Anywhere you can pull up. There's not as many as I thought there would be, but, I mean, you don't really need to get up super early for pink, so they're starting to file in now. Well, don't don't, don't say that because when I woke my wife up at 3.30 this morning, um, she, she would argue that that was early. Um, so are you, are you anchoring or are you – you know, using your trolling motor and, and working the bank or what, what, what's the setup? Uh, I am anchored up. I like to find some spots with a little softer water where we've got a little bit of wood above us mm-hmm. and a tail out below us. So those fish work up through the tail out and then they hang out below this wood and that softer water. And we get a good pile of fish here. And the Skagit's great for having all that wood and structure. And there's a ton of places to find where these fish will hold and, you can, you know, move around, too, and, oh, we got one on right now. There you go. Oh, I love radio, radio fish. fish. We used to have a bell in the studio for that, so, you know, I'll, I'll have to uh, bring one of those back. Um, th- but what what a cool opportunity, though, because humpies in the Skagit River, when they're that thick, and, I mean, we're talking probably a run of 400,000 or something that, that, that could, could come up that creek, right? And so when they're in the hole, it's very obvious. They're they're just jumping around and rolling around and all that kind of stuff, so... 
Um, did you get them, Bree? No, that one came off. Okay, that's okay because now now you have to go back to work and, and tell us a little bit more. Because when when we oh, were on, here's another one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You're nope, still off again. Okay, good, perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right. So so one of the things we were, we were talking about, Bree, in, in in talking to folks about pinks and and talking to them about pinks in saltwater was the fact that you really don't need downriggers. You don't need a bunch of expensive stuff. You went out last weekend during Sandwich for Soldiers, tried to find them on the surface, went vertical to them. Tell us about your thought process and tell us about how you got your folks onto fish just straight rod in hand with a jig. Absolutely. So, oh, well, there's my fish alarm. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> um, so we were casting buzz bombs. So I set up like an ounce and a half um, – or two ounce buzz bomb and I tie it on a like little leader, you know, like a eight, nine inch leader, just so it can't go way up the main line. And I put a pink hoochie on my hook and we just go out and I'll run around to where I feel like I want to fish, which right now it doesn't seem to really matter if it's open, there's pinks out there and we'll look for jumpers to start. I'll cast to them and we'll twitch the, you know, jig them back. And if you can get a school around the boat, then you can keep doing it, and you can just drop over the side of the boat. But last weekend, we were finding schools were really deep. We weren't seeing a ton of jumpers in that slack current, but we were seeing schools deep. So we'd drop down to them, and I could watch the buzz bombs on the fish finder. And when you can watch it go down, i tell them when to stop. And they were in the school, and, you know, one or two jigs, and they'd have a fish on. Oh, that's so fun. That is, uh, that's like video game fishing when you can watch your jig yeah. go down and you can, you can actually watch the pinks or the salmon come and grab it. Um, so how many, how many days are you going to be up on the schedule? Are you going to be living up there for a while with, with all the pinks I'll, in the? Yep. I'll be yeah. living up here at least until the Snohomish opens September 1st, but that's only opening in the lower river. So I might just keep coming up here instead of dealing with the whole mess on the Snohomish for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, it, you're going to have a lot more real estate up there on the Skagit, you know, I think with, with the, the limited amount of space we're going to have on the Snohomish. Um, man, it's, you know, if, if any ladies out there want to get a trip um, and, and go out fishing, maybe you've never fished before, Bree is awesome. She makes it very fun and, and very comfortable. She always puts people on the fish, and it's a great way to get out and, and you know, you don't have to be around a bunch of guys. Just a bunch of ladies go out on the river and have a good time. And, and, it, and, and you know, Bree, I'm sure you see this all the time. Maybe you take somebody out and it's their first time and, and they feel comfortable going out with, with an, another uh, woman. And, and then they're like, oh, now I get it. Now I know why my husband loves to fish so much or my brother or whoever. Um, you know, it's got to happen for you. You, you. you flip that switch in somebody. And now you got an, a new angler. Yep, all the time. Actually, yeah. I've got uh, a lot of guys that'll bring their girlfriends and wives out on the boat, and you know they have a good time. And then I, you know, follow them on Facebook and see them out fishing together all the time. <laughs> and perfect. I've got uh, a lot of ladies on these lady-only days. You know, they meet and then they end up fishing together. They become fishing buddies. I see them travel all over and fish together. It's pretty cool. So. Now, straight up, I know this is, you know, this may end up in divorce court here, but how's Callie Pyburn enjoying her trip? Has she caught one yet this morning? Is she, is she coming back? Is is she going to buy her own boat, basically? I mean, tell us the progression. She's not buying her own boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She's having a lot of fun. Good. Good deal. <laughs> she's got 
she's caught, uh, what are you, you're worth four now? Yeah, yeah she's uh-huh. got four to the boat so right far. On. And we had, uh, I think Joey said she hasn't cast a spinning reel in like 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, got her all lined out this morning and figuring it out again. And, oh, there's that fish alarm again. There we go. There we I go. love that. I love that. You're, so every, and, the, and your dog is trained. He knows when there's a fish and he gets excited oh, and yeah. he starts barking. Um, so, um, you're, you're, you're jigging, tipping those jigs with sand shrimp. Um, tell us again, what size are those jigs? What, what are the weights? Uh, I'm in the river. I'm running quarter ounce jig heads, um, with just the normal humpy jig. So it's a pink or white or pink and white jig head. Um, I pretty much always run quarter ounce and then a pink hoochie skirt on it. And you just, you cast it out, you let it sink for the count of one, two, sometimes three, depending on how deep the hole is. You twitch it back and you, you know, you give it a good jig and then one crank and then another jig and one crank. And you just, once you get about 45 degrees below the boat, you don't have to reel anymore because that current will start to pick the jig up. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of jig back there and these fish will follow it right to the boat and hit it right at the boat, which is my favorite. Oh, did you just right to the rod tip and coho in the river will do that too. It's like, you almost don't want to pick it out of the water. She's Brianna Bruce, a living life adventures.com is the website. And she doesn't just fish ladies. She'll take you guys out too. So go, go hit livinglifeadventures.com. Bree, go load that boat up with humpies and make sure Callie wants an extra load. She wants to make sure she gets all those fish back so, so it'll be nice and smelly when Joey gets back from, from there. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank I'm sending you. them all home with Callie. So perfect. Joey, Thank you, perfect. Bree. My Not work here is done. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You just earned another interview yeah. on the radio show. <laughs> Anybody else who pick on Joey is a definitely yeah. valued member. All right, Brianna, good job. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. Thanks. Take care. All right. Coming up next, a critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Your family's comfort has been our family's business for over 50 years. September Silver Derby Derby slated. September is certainly the month of Coho Salmon with the Edmonds Coho Derby on on September 9th. The inaugural high-stakes Skagit Charity Classic.com September 15th. And the big one. The 30th annual Everett Coho Derby on the weekend of September 23rd at the Port Everett now appears that this early run of Coho is certainly the vanguard of a big run, both in numbers and individual size. WDFW Creel checks in virtually all marine areas are boasting significant Coho catches. The peak of the Coho run is still well ahead of us as the ocean is solid and CQ and Port Angeles action indicates. All we need is a little bit more rain, cooler daytime temps, and those Puget Sound Silvers will continue to flow right on in. With reports of pinks popping from Mia Bay to Deception Pass, the pink salmon daily limit will increase in marine areas 5, 6, and 7. Canadian DFO test fishing in-season updates have upgraded the current run of Fraser River pink salmon, indicating the abundance is well above the forecast. This is good news and allows for additional pink salmon retention in Puget Sound recreational fisheries. Areas 5, 6, and 7 will enjoy a two-pink bonus limit. WDFW is looking into similar action for the inner Puget Sound areas, but we'll wait until catch data provides evidence that the Puget Sound pinks are enjoying the same trend as their Canadian counterparts. Summer may be winding down, but Chinook and coho fishing on the coast is still solid. 2,000 anglers reported 450 Chinook and 500 coho in Owaco. Marine Area 2 Westport tallied 300 anglers with nearly a half a fish rod. Marine Area 3 La Push anglers combined for an overall average of 1.1 salmon per angler, making a little a push this week most productive ocean port. 
uh, Nia Bay Marine Area 4 checked in with 530 anglers, 75 coho, excuse me, 75 Chinook, and 175 coho for 0.65 fish and angler. Coastwide, as of August 20th, we're at 67% of the coho harvest and only 18% of the coho quota. So as of this morning, the, the National Marine Fisheries Service announced that the remaining coho salmon quota has been adjusted from mark selective to non-mark selective. In other words, if you catch a coho in the ocean, you can keep it. Ocean season are slated to run through September. Season details listed, listed in the Sport Fishing Rules pamphlet and wdfw.wa.gov. It's the final two days of the Sport Co. and Outdoor Emporium annual summer tent sale. Enjoy the best deals of the year on fishing, camping, hunting, water sports, firearms, and more. This is the largest outdoor gear blowout of the year, and it's on now through Sunday. Take your pick of top quality brand names like Coleman, Minkota, Smokehouse, Hobie, Bomac, Protol, Berkeley, Akuma, and Shimano. The outdoor, the Sportco Outdoor Emporium Summer Sale has you covered. Outdoor bargains. Hunters have only two days this week to hit the Sportco Outdoor Emporium Summer Sale. For more information, visit sportco.com and download the 16-page flyer at sportco.com. Recreational crab fishing in the San Juans opened on, on Saturday the 20th. will remain open through September, Thursdays through Sunday. WDFW delayed the start, hoping for a higher number, higher proportion of soft-shell crab. Anglers in Puget Sound have just through next weekend, September 4th specifically, to get their pots in. Crabbing now is not quite as easy as the early season. There's still plenty of crab looking for an easy meal. The trick is to late season crabbing involves relying on more depth, more bait quality, and soak times. Fishing deeper in excess of 100 feet, good bait means soaking those salmon carcasses you've been stacking up along with raised bait blocks. Soak times mean fishing heavier pots. Through a tide change, make sure they're going to be in the same place you dropped them when you come back to pick them up. After September 4th, WDFW, WDFW will conduct postseason analysis to determine if we get a winter season. Word on the street is the recreational crabbers will get something in the October to December time frame. Fall marks the start of hunting seasons for deer, elk, waterfowl, and upland game birds in many areas of Washington. To help hunters have a successful hunting season, WDFW has released its annual hunting prospects reports, which which provide guidance and hunting information for each district. District wildlife biologists write these popular reports to give an in-depth look at what field conditions should look like this year. These prospects have a lot of useful information that can help a new and inexperienced hunter plan their season and take note of the recent surveys indicate in 2023 should be another good hunting year. Hunters should pay attention, special attention to the following items for the upcoming, upcoming season, changes for forest grouse seasons, wildfire impacts, and youth waterfowl hunting dates. Hit WDFW's hunting page for more information. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Enjoy big savings on all Bryant air conditioners and heat pumps during Bob's preseason AC sale. Call Bob's today. Sale ends first day of summer. It's funny. You you were talking Austin Mosier yesterday down the, down the Columbia. Here. Hey, man, you keep any coho now, right? And he goes, what? Yeah, he's like, what? Really? Yeah, it's, it wasn't. So, so he, during the conversation, he's like, what? Really? Oh, my gosh. He's like, I'm going to the ocean, and yeah. and we looked. I mean, they got a flat ocean <laughs> oh, out dude, there. It's a greaser out. So there. we're gonna see it later oh, on man. today on social media. Go to Austin's uh, Instagram, and you're you're gonna see a limit of Chinook and a limit of Coho. I'll guarantee it. So look, if you haven't been to Bowie Ten yet, you got Labor Day weekend, and it is absolutely en fuego for Chinook and Coho, and I mean it's going on in Puget Sound here too, right? Yeah, but but still. Just stay tuned for the next segment. Our, our dear friend Eric Lindy is going to give you the rundown. You're going to want to go down there. Why? 
<laughs> Give us a few minutes. We're going to tell you next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Well, it's always a pleasure to have this guy in or around your wheelhouse, and uh, kind of wish we were down in his this morning. So what's going on in Astoria is something that, uh, man, it's Eric Lindy, has it been a decade? How long has it been since the Columbia has produced like this? It's been a while. Hey, hang on just a second. I got one laying on the floor here. Hang on. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you know how to that's hurt our, a guy. That's our third radio fish <laughs> of the morning. Yeah, it's it's been a, been a great year so far. We've been a great morning for radio fish this you morning. You know, so. you know what I love about uh, our good friend Eric Lindy is he is a hardcore bait fisherman. And yeah. when we had our conversation yesterday, I was like, oh, "Are you you know are you just sticking to bait? Or are you running?" Spinners, I go, man, I'm talking to guys, and they're, a lot of guys are fishing spinners. He's like, oh, that's training wheels for, for, for Bowie 10. <laughs> uh, he, he never met a Blue Label cut plug that he didn't like. So uh, what, what was what – was, Sorry about that. No, not at all. What was flopping on the deck? A Chinook, a Coho, a Thule, an Upriver? What was it? It's a nice Chinook. We got a really nice – that's a bright one. There, we just released a – Somewhat brown colored hatchery fish, but it was a little dusty, so we let him go and just picked up another one right there. So it's pretty killer. So where what's the tide doing and where are you at? We got incoming water here, about a five footer coming in, really good tide. Perfect. And uh we're above the bridge on the Washington side and the last two days it's just been a downy brook up here and it's just opened up here. But I've only trolled probably a mile and I mean, you look around, I can see five or six fish on right now. Oh, that's the buoy tin that I love. It is, dude. That is so much fun, no doubt. Um, but, you know, doggone it. it you, knew, you knew what was headed your way when Ilwaka was just in a meltdown status. And, and now, I mean, it's any coho out front, which is, which is kind of cool. You, you would think that if that was a rule in the ocean, they could kind of back off on the fin clip restriction in the river. But that, that's not really going to be the case. Have, have there been a decent amount of coho accompanying these Chinook up so far uh, on, on, on the lower Columbia there, Eric? Yeah, you know, actually it's surprising how many are here because they weren't getting them that good out in the ocean before this. I mean, you were getting them okay, but it wasn't like a, you know, wide open deal where you just go out and rip eight of them and come in. It's uh, It's been a little slower in the ocean, but here, yesterday I kept two hatchery coho, released a couple, and it's kind of scattered in your catch, uh, so you get your Chinooks and then whatever you get for coho. You can't really target them yet, but they're definitely appearing in the river here, for sure. That's cool, dude. And so, you know, to Joey's point, it, it seems like people look at their river thermometers and, gosh, they see a Columbia River in the high 60s or in the 70s, and they say, well, boy, I better, better move over to spinners. You, 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 you do not um, follow that, uh, that fad, if you will. You, you, uh, you're, you're a straight cut plug, inline flasher kind of guy. Herring and a chunk of lead is my preference, but the flashers work pretty good. Uh, yeah, I like the herring. I mean, where are you going to get a place that you can have a herring bite like this right yeah, here? Yeah. I mean, there's just no place. I mean, and my customers love it. I mean, they just, we're going to blow out two five-odd hooks. If I had six outs, I'd have those in there. I mean, they're not shy, and um, they see, I, I kind of target this 68-degree water, and and we all seem to, God, the guy next to me just ripped one. Uh, <laughs> The, the 68 degree water seems to be where they kind of blend together and and uh, where the bite usually is on bait. So I just kind of follow that. But the pro trolls do work good. Spinners, I get them on spin fish. 
just putting anchovies in a spin fish and like the two, two and a half inch spin fish, a silver spin fish with a pink hoochie on it's about as good as you can get out here. So um, it, you, it's been it's it's been good. It sounds like I mean pretty much you just need to be down at buoy ten and get some gear in the water and you're going to catch fish. Let's talk a little bit about. Your method for brining your herring. Obviously, I've learned a lot from you over the last few years about how to spin a herring, different methods. But if you're going to go down to buoy 10 and, and you want to run bait, you want to run some some blue labels, which that's my favorite thing to do down there and, and yours too. What is your brining process? Because when you are, you're fishing in that warmer water, that is going to affect your bait. So you want to make sure that your bait is brined properly. What do you do, Eric? Uh, you know, you know. I I, I tell you, I, I, I'm a salt guy. I just used to use all the salt, but I got I changed up this year to something, and it's working really good for me. I haven't been a real advocate of the commercial brines, you know, the the different brines that the manufacturers have. But uh, I got turned on to to Northwest Bait Sense, I believe is the name of the company. It's Shane Magnuson's deal, and his herring brine is just been off the charts for me. And and uh, the, the baits come out good. I can let them soak in there for 12 to 18 hours, and they're ready to go. And uh, anyway, it's it's been really good. I've been brining them with that. And and the, the quality of the herring is, is important. Um, you want to study. You just don't want to just go buy any herring off the shelf. You might even want to sample a c- couple trays before you buy a case of it or anything because not all baits are created equal. So uh, that would be the thing that I would is to sell a good, a good product, you know? We're talking with Eric Lindy of Eric Lindy's Guided Sportfishing.com and also EasyMarineProducts.com. And uh, so we, we've we had the good fortune to have fished with Eric a bunch and, and – and, and typically we'll go down and stay down in, 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 in his fish camp in, in just outside of Astoria. And so we get to see the bait process happen mm-hmm. from the time he gets back in. The first thing he does when he gets back into camp from a day of fishing is you're going to pull half a dozen trays of bait out and pop the seal yeah. and then let them slowly thaw a little bit. And then once they soften a little bit, then you're brining those things overnight whole. And then you get up, then, then the next day, you're going to get to the boat before anybody comes down and your customers start asking questions. And I think you're, you're plugging them at that point, aren't you? Yes, yeah. I, I plug them as, kind of as I go. You know, in Alaska, a lot of the guys cut them all in the morning, so you just grab them and put them on. But uh, this year's one of these years I could have done that. But they really, uh, uh, I just kind of cut them as I go, uh, cut them and put them on the, on the hooks. And the ink, the, the blues stay on so much better down here. One thing, that the, the reason the blues, the, the boat weights down here are so rough sometimes that you're rocking back and forth in a smaller boat like mine, uh, it rips the bait off because you got, it gets ripped up by the, by the deal, by the, by the wave, and then the lead pulls it right straight back down and it just beats the baits up and those blues are much more durable than the smaller greens and reds. Any particular color on your, your inline flasher that you've been using, anything that's kind of stood out? Yeah, you know, there is. I'm down to running just two colors. on. All. I, I, I'm running a, that Aurora green that's half Aurora green with a with a moon glow on it. And then the other one is, uh, I think it kills me to say this, but the Bill Monroe killer, it's, uh, it's on a red blank with red and uh, and moon glow on, yeah. on that, too. And those those two have been by far my best. And 30-pound, couple of five-odd hooks, 40-pound, what are, what are your leaders? Well, at least 40. Yeah, 40, you don't want yeah. those 30. There, I mean, those fish down there are not leader shy. No, you know? for sure. Yeah. 
they're not at all. They're not at all. All right. They they go right after it. That's why I said I could go with six out hooks. I just didn't have any with me, and I've been using fives, and it's it's working pretty good. I'm using those Kamikatsu Big River bait hooks yep. on the back, Love and, those. The, and the round bend octopus on the front because they seem to pull the herring better. So. I hear That's you, buddy. the combination I use, but the 40-pound works good. So for folks that haven't been down to Astoria, I mean, you're looking at Chinook retention through Labor Day weekend uh, with one pause in the middle. But uh, what's the pressure been like? And, and uh, you know, for, for the tide set moving into next weekend, what, do, what are you seeing? Uh, you know, the, 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 it, it's kind of cool because the pressure spread out this year. There's, there's enough fish that they're getting them on the Oregon side and the Washington side. So it's not too bad. And now with the ocean open like it is, the pressure in the river is not bad at all. And, uh, you know, uh, with these tides that we've got now, everything looks pretty good right on through the Labor Day weekend. I mean, right through the finish here. It's, I think we get a little bit bigger tides in there, but you'll have cargo streaming in here by then. So that'll help that a little bit, too. So then tell us a little bit about your September. Once, once buoy 10, the blush comes off the bite a little bit and you start moving upstream, you also will have some open opportunities to keep unclipped uh, upriver brights. So where will the month of September find Eric Lindy when that happens? We're starting to pull it, uh, and I'll be using pro trolls and spinners myself <laughs> up there. Uh, it's just a lot easier. I, right there, Warrior Rock at the bottom end of the deadline is a good place to go. There's a lot of people, but there's a lot of fish, and and uh, you're right there where, where nobody's touched them for quite a ways. Then I move up to Bonneville, and then the 14th, I understand we need to move above Bonneville, and we'll go to Cascade Locks or to Hood River. Mouth of the uh, white salmon there, uh, fish is really good. The river mouths are really where you're going to want to target because the temperature inversion there with the cool water and the warm water, the fish stack up in that cool water. He's Eric Lindy, uh, 360-607-6421. The number of people's phone numbers that I have that I don't have to look up is uh, pretty, pretty short, but yours is one of them. Eric Lindy, one of my favorite people, and and, uh, like I've always said, there's not a lot about the Columbia River that I didn't learn from that guy. Buddy, good luck. Stay in touch and uh, go 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 hammer them, buddy. Uh, I gotta get a couple more baits out here. Yeah, you better. Yeah, <laughs> go, get back to work. Get back to work. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Good luck, Eric. Talk to All you soon, buddy. Care, bye, bye. bye. Yeah, just just great guy. Oh, dude, love love the heck out of him, and just uh, just tremendously experienced angler. Uh, he was up in Sitka for a number of years, and I really miss not having him up there, right, because he was such a great source of information. But if you get a chance to spend a day on the water with Eric Lindy, 360-607-6421, you will become a better angler. All right, coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week and techniques you need to succeed. It's Three River Marines really wearing us next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710, Seattle Sports app. So, uh, man, it's going on in Puget Sound right now, buddy. One of the best seasons that we've seen in a long time. We just had Eric Lindy on down on the Columbia River. I'm telling you, it, it's been a decade. It's been a decade since you can go down there and dependably throw four guys in the boat, come back with eight fish right yeah and, and, and salmon for soldiers last saturday every single vet you know ended up with fish and it's just this is the time of the year that you you really cherish you really look forward to and then really have great opportunity yeah that basically from the from the very start of the season back in march when we were in cq um the fishing was really good out in cq we were hearing of reports all the way up to sitka that you know early on there was good fishing you know early and even in uh, probably in may you know we were hearing of well, really good Chinook fishing right away, early May. 
uh, up in Alaska, and it just kind of worked its way down the coast into Puget Sound. We had a phenomenal Chinook fishery, which transitioned right into basically like coho before pinks even. Didn't even hesitate. And now the whole Puget Sound is full of fish uh, right on down the coast to Buiten. Fantastic opportunities for everybody all around the state. Well, there's another season cranking up right now. It's week zero for college football. It's also the final week of preseason. So we need our guy. You got to bring him on in here. What's up, man? Ray Roberts. How you doing, bro? Good, man. I was going to call you Big Ray, but you're all skinny and stuff. You're like me- you're medium Ray. Well, that's Big Slim Ray, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> some people just kind of just call me bald right now. So it's just like, but no, I had to lose some weight, man. I was getting, a, I was probably about 330-ish before the pandemic. And then it's one of those things where you just walk past a mirror and for the yeah. first time <laughs> you see yourself and you go like, what the heck? Like, dang, I can't look like this. And so, man, I just walk about 10 miles a day, awesome. started eating healthy because my body's too beat up to work out and stuff. So yeah. uh, just a lot of walking and trying to be healthy with my eating. And uh, I'm about 275. Well, right we, uh, we, you and your boys jumped on board. We got yes. to go fishing a day a couple years ago. Then we had you over to dinner and, uh, you know, set you home. And it was funny because we had one of those luau deals on the beach. You were coaching for Stan Brock's yep. trench camp. Yep. And so a bunch of our knucklehead buddies, you know, Jeff Popcorn, uh um, Kevin Gogan, mm-hmm. you know, Stan and Willie Brock, obviously, right? Yeah. And, and so we, uh, we we had crab on the beach. Tobek and I had just caught a bunch of tuna. It was amazing. Oh, dude. And, and Ray goes, man, I've never really experienced seafood like this before. No, I haven't. Like, you know, I grew up in North Carolina up in the mountains. And so, you know, my dad and I used to do a lot of, like, lake mountain fishing, you know, like trout and bass and, you know, the little brim fish and catfish, all that kind of stuff. But uh, had never experienced, like, the wide-open ocean fishing like that or whatever you want to call it until I went with you and it was amazing. That's well, and, that, and that's what the Puget Sound and Washington lends itself to. We have salmon and halibut and lingcod and prawns and crab and tuna and then pretty much anything you want. And Nellie knows how to throw a party. And you got to remember, guys, you're talking Gogan, <laughs> yes, Ray, yes, Jeff Palcoa, yes. oh, Manu Tuiasasopo. Yeah, there's some too, big yeah. boys yeah. there. Willie. And yeah. and the the Brocks, uh, all big guys. Well, so yes, you got to come with a, a bunch of no, food. dude. With at my place, it's the seafood eating challenge. <laughs> yes. Okay, because I am going to serve more than you oh, can eat. I know. And oh, yeah. So we sent so we sent everybody home with with doggy bags, right? Mm-hmm. So I sent Ray home with a cooler. So I figured I'm gonna scam Ray. I know he's doing the pregame show. <laughs> all right, hey Ray, come on and do the show. Oh yeah, man, I still got your cooler. So I'm thinking, all right, I get my cooler back. And Ray comes in. No, no cooler. Ray, come on, man, dude. <laughs> my bad, dog. It's, it's uh. So I I used all I took all that fish over to my ex wife's house because that's where all my sons were living. Why at did the you? Time. Oh, okay. okay. You know what I'm saying because right, they okay, were the big that. boys that needed to eat the food. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then I'm always like, oh man, I need, I need to make sure I take that to the radio station. <laughs> oh, I need to make sure I take that. And I just and then even this morning I was like, okay, I'm gonna ride by Beth's house. I'm gonna grab this cooler and I'm gonna head out. And then I'm like, oh no, I need to head out. So I just like hit the road. So. All I'll right. get it to you eventually, dude. Well, we're just gonna. Well, you got to bring you got to bring gotta it down fishing. to the boat yeah. and go fishing with gotta, us, and we'll I'll, fill I'll, it, we'll fill it up, and send it home with you again. Would love that. Okay, so so look, man, you, you're looking at looking down the barrel of of a 17 game season now, and 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 first off, from the final preseason game, this is kind of an interesting one because there hasn't been a cut down, right? Right, and and so. What what are we going to look for in this game? And then if, from a general manager perspective, dude, 
they're going to make all these cuts at once. How do you sort through that? Yeah, I, you know, Pete Carroll talked a, a little bit about that this week. Like, the, he likes the format because you get to have players for a longer period of time, so you get to have even a longer evaluation period. And you can also, I mean, I hate to say it, but some bodies are just camp bodies. Right, you, you, know, right. you don't oh, want yeah. your main guys getting hurt and beaten up, so you have more guys in camp so you can kind of rest your guys a little bit more. But uh, I think you know, in this last preseason game, because they have the week off in between sure. before the first regular season game, uh, there are some battles that are still open. You know, If you look at the, the cornerback position, uh, some need somebody to step up along the defensive line. So uh, you know, that fourth maybe receiver, Bobo, is like doing his thing with his 4-9-40 receiver that just keeps getting open and catching passes. So there's a lot of battles. The center battle is still going on between uh, Evan Brown and uh, Ola Watimbi. So it's, uh, there's a, a lot of battles that are still going on that can be settled or at least closer to settled. Uh, in this last preseason game, how do the how do the Hawks line up in the division? Because I mean, you know, you've always got Aaron Donald. You've got the Rams, and they're crazy, they're they're, they're crazy offensive schemes, and, and and so you know. But the division is going to go through San Francisco. Yeah, I think it'll go through San Francisco. But the thing that's interesting is, man, if this team like the Seals have a chance to be like four and zero before the before their bye week. And that, they will be sitting really pretty where they are. And then that means they're playing really good football. And as they as the season goes on, I think just their young guys getting experience, I think they're the seventh – they're the uh, – the, they have like the seventh most dues under 26 years old on the Seahawks team. So this very young – Young team. If you look at the offensive line, the oldest dude on the offensive line is Evan Brown. He's been in the league six years. That's really still. You're still figuring. At six years, I was still figuring out how to lace my shoes up. You know what I'm saying? Like in the NFL, like you just you just do them differently. And uh, and so so about halfway through the season, though, I think a lot of these young dudes will start to jail, and it'll close the gap between the Seahawks and the 49ers. And so then we'll see see what happens down the stretch. So from a from a raw material perspective, in in your opinion, how did the draft? Back in May, how did it break for Seattle? You know what? The Seahawks, I don't know what they were doing the previous to last year, but they figured out how to get back relevant in the draft. And it started last year with the two offensive tackles and Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant and all those guys. And then this year, it has just continued with Jackson Smith and Jigba, with Olu doing his thing, Bradford from um, LSU to guard, you know he's kind of raw, but he's I think he's going to end up being a player. You got Bobo, who was an undrafted uh, free agent that is like you know doing his thing. So they have really reconnected with their formula in the draft on how to build a team. A couple years ago, they were probably one of the oldest teams in the league, and so in two years they flipped flipped it. that roster. And man. They, not only did they flip it with youth, they flipped it with talent. Like if you just think about the the secondary, you got Trey Brown, you have Witherspoon, you have Jackson, you have uh, Jamal Adams and Love and Diggs. It's like Kobe Bryant. Like, what do you put? What do you it's, put all these dudes? It's you know, gonna, and they're it, really good players. It, it's going to be interesting because, from a draft capital perspective, Jamal Adams was a big drag on the ticket, right? And then you get rid of Russell Wilson and you get all these draft picks back. So it's like they gained that draft capital back. It looked like Jamal Adams looked like a loss initially, but now he's he's injured. We're not going to see him probably right. for the second or third week of the season. It's almost like bringing somebody else back that you don't have film on. The rest of the league does not have film on that. So I, I'm excited about the offense. Yeah, but but it's it you know and all that. Youth on defense that's yeah. going to be absolutely huge. All right, before we get out of here, before we let you go, um, give me your give me your AFC championship. I'm, Who, I'm, what's it boil down to in the AFC? I think it's going to be the uh, the AFC or the NFC. Hey, the AFC first. The AFC oh, the AFC. Because yeah, because then I'll make you make enemies. Man, everybody's everyone's trying to. Uh, 
I don't know. I focus more on the NFC, so I'm not really locked in on the NFC. You you know but that everybody is. You know the Chiefs and the and the, the Chiefs are going to be yeah. the Chiefs, the Bengals, the the Bills. Yeah. To me, that 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 trio is what that trio is carrying the NFL right now. For because sure. If you think about the quarterbacks on those teams, those they are the faces of of the NFL, and so uh, those games tend to be good. Burrow seems to have the upper hand oh, uh, on the Chiefs, except for like when they can get it to where it, where it really really matters. And then uh, and then the guys up in um, um, up in Buffalo, they play really good football in the regular season. So if they can kind of break through in the in the postseason, that's going to be really interesting. But I like the Chiefs or the or the uh, or the uh, Bengals coming. Yeah, out the Bengals. Yeah. It's going to be hard to imagine the Bengals not being yeah. in the next summer. All right. Yeah. We already talked about the division's going to probably go through San Francisco. Right. I mean, they're just absolutely tough. But dude, they just dealt Trey Lance. Right. So they're they're going all in now. Okay. And and so from from that perspective, though, what do you see? And what do you see in the NFC Championship? I, I mean, it's Philly, yeah. and you know, I mean. I, I love Philadelphia. Philadelphia is brutal. Just because, and, and it's, they have a lot of talent around Jalen Hurt, Hurts. But the thing about Jalen Hurts is he's just a different dude. Yeah. Like he just built differently, like the, mentally the way he's built. When you talk, when you listen to him talk about like how uh, approaching the season or approaching this season, how he approaches each game, each practice, he may not be the most talented, like gifted, big arm, fastest kind of dude on the field. But man, the, his approach to the game is elite. Yeah. And that can, when you're, this is one of Russell Wilson isms, but the uh, the separation is in the preparation, yeah. and that dude prepares like no other. And so, uh, I'd really love the vibe of the Philadelphia Eagles. They play with a chip on their shoulder. They play unapologetic football, and I think they're going to break through this year. But you cannot, you can't write off the Seahawks. No, you I can't. Mean, Pete Carroll has had such amazing consistency. What? 11, 11 out of 14 years? Yeah, the to the playoffs. I can't yeah. believe he's been here 14 And that's years. the thing that's hard when fans start kind of beating down on the Seahawks and beating no, down on Peter. No, no, it's like, no. well, you know, you could be the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you, know, <laughs> you, 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 you could be a All team right. that's been I the worst I noticed how Paris, you did not you know? say you could be the Detroit Lions because yeah, we could have been there too. Those are my boys, you know. Yeah, but I'm, know. From, I'm from North Carolina, so I am no, kind I of calling out the hometown dudes. I don't blame you for leaving the Seahawks to go block for Barry Sanders. I get it, man. Hey, I had to. All right. Ray Roberts, uh, Big Ray, Medium Ray, Medium Ray. Medium Ray, Ray okay. I'll take that. I, I wasn't going to call you Sugar Ray. I wasn't going to do that. So. All right, go get, dude, I, we brought you broke uh, bagels, smoked salmon, cream cheese. We got elk salami and some deer all stuff out there, too. So, dude, I'm, I'm so all over it, dude. Stay tuned for the pregame show you guys are on from 8 till? Until kickoff. Till kickoff. Yep. All right, we'll be listening for you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, right, well, for, thanks, having thanks, me, guys. thanks for coming in. You'll be dude, you got to come fishing again. Oh, come on. I, I, you gave me some dates to think about. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Right. I'm, I'm going to try to pull one or two dudes with me. All right. All right. Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics, thanks for jumping in with us today. Uh, Joy Piper and Matt Nelson behind the glass. Thanks to Big Ray. Tom Nelson has been the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App.